Hello, we are glad you're listening to this message by Dr. M. Oladoyin Odubanjo. You are sure to receive God's whole counsel for your life, family, work, and all that concerns you in these contemporary times. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 2 rather, and uh, we'll continue, thank you, we'll continue what um, I started some time back, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we, I was speaking on how to interpret the Bible, can I please hear you say how to interpret the Bible? Uh, this is essential, this is core. There are many people who mishandle the scriptures. There are many people who get in the scriptures and they mishandle the scriptures, they misinterpret what they find in there. Um, and that's really, that's really how uh, indeed a lot of courts also have come to be. Okay? A lot of courts emerged out of, uh, should I say, the Bible. You know, and they only emerge sometimes because people misinterpret uh, what they read. There are several principles, several guidelines that you can follow uh, in order to ensure that you interpret the Bible aright. The late Kennedy again used to say that most people will either fall on the ditch on one side of the road or the ditch on the other side of the road, but that what God expects of us is to walk in the middle of the road. Uh, are you there? So we need to find the middle of the road. We need to find a balance for God's word. And uh, it's not very difficult. Um, in fact, as a matter of fact, somebody said that the Bible is so simple that we have needed help to misunderstand it. Okay? The Bible is so simple that we have needed help to misunderstand it. Meaning that sometimes we are looking at something, uh, it says something to us, we can see that that's what it says, but somebody else stands there and he begins to say, no, this is what it means. And because he's uh, supposed to be a prophet, uh, an apostle, a bishop, a pastor, whatever it is, uh, we are encouraged to throw away the interpretation of the correct interpretation of the Bible and just follow what it says. Okay? And the, 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 the bottom line, or let me call it the foundation, the foundation, I mean, the Bible says if the foundation be, um, be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Okay? The foundation is very important. What you have uh, in that foundation is going to make a lot of difference. And the foundation that I'm talking about now is the foundation that you lay for yourself. Okay, as a matter of fact, I don't think between... Uh, it, the foundation that is laid is largely between you and God. Okay? And it takes... Yes, there are people like me who might teach God's word and help and all of that, uh, but you'll have to... What you do with that word, your ability to study God's word, your ability to take it and build with it and lay a strong foundation for yourself, uh, determines whether uh, somebody can come and uh, throw something or the other on it and your building can crumble or not. Are you with me? Yeah, but if you have the right foundation, that right foundation is spoken of, for instance, in Acts 17, where the Bible talks about the Berean Christians. And it said the Berean Christians will listen to Paul. They listen to Paul. Paul, of course, we all listen to Paul, isn't it? We all read Paul. You know, but these guys actually sat down under the ministry of the Apostle Paul. 
I mean, I can't imagine anybody else, you know, the Apostle Paul standing here tonight. I can't imagine anybody else more erudite, you know, anybody else more, more fluent, anybody else more knowledgeable, anybody else more anointed, you know. The, the Apostle Paul was not just a born-again Christian, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. So this guy studied the law. You know, he was, and he, when he spoke about himself at some point, he, even the, the CV was intimidating. He said, I, I studied under Gamaliel. Ah, the man was, <laughs> he was something else. You know what I mean. And he was anointed. But can you believe the audacity of the Berians? Paul would teach, and the Berians would go, they would write everything, they go home and start checking, is this so? Is this so? <laughs> you know. Um, okay, don't take this wrongly, but sometimes we have said certain things uh, that cause us problems. Okay? There are certain statements that I caution believers against because it tells them not to check anything for themselves. It tells them not to design. It tells them not to try. You know, to look in the scriptures and study the scriptures or, or anything. Just take it as you get it. And there are statements like what? Just believe the prophet. Okay? Just believe the prophet and you shall prosper. Yeah, believe the prophet if the prophet is right. Uh, are you with me? Hey, am I stepping on your toes? Am I shaking you already? It's only five minutes into my message. <laughs> are you there? You know, uh, do, am I saying anything against believing? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that if you are not careful and you take that the wrong way and you run with it, you will run into a ditch. Are you there? Now, because I'm already getting into some of the details, but remember this when we start talking about certain things, you will see where I'm going, okay? Because one, one of the first principles is the principle of context. Okay, you have to look at context, the context of scriptures. So the Bible says, believe the prophet. It's there in the Bible, okay? Believe the prophet and you shall prosper. But can you believe, in fact, that's Old Testament, okay? But can you believe that the same Bible said that despise not prophesying, but take that which is good? Are you there? So the same Bible says that I shouldn't despise prophecy, and I don't. But it says that I, have, I am at liberty to take the one that is good. It means that there are some that will be bad. And I shall feel free to throw them away. Are you with me? The same Bible was teaching in Acts chapter 14. It said, let the prophet speak two or three and let the others judge. <laughs> Are you there? Let the prophet speak. So the prophet get up, they can shake. And let them speak. Even two or three of them. He said, then let the others judge. Judge, whether what the prophet said is good or not. If it's good, take it. If it's not, throw it away. Are you with me? So Bible interpretation is very important. It's important that we, we understand that God wants us uh, individually. We might not be theologians, we might not be PhD holders in theology or anything, but God expects that each and every one of us would be able to read the Bible, interpret it correctly, can I have an Amen. If, if the Bible wasn't meant to be understood, then why did God write it? Are you still there? So, he meant for each and every one of us to study the word for ourselves. So, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. The Bible says, Be diligent to present yourself approved by God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, 
rightly, can I hear you say rightly? Rightly dividing the word of truth. So if it says rightly dividing with the word of truth, it means that there can be a wrong division of the word of truth. Can I have an amen? Uh, it also means clearly that the word of truth remains the word of truth. Are, are you still there? So the word of truth is still the word of truth. That doesn't change. What changes is the division of the word of truth. What does that mean? Uh, it's still the word of truth, but it is the man who is dividing it that can divide it rightly or divide it wrongly, but the word remains the truth. Hallelujah. So it's, it's, it's a case of a perfect God expressing himself through imperfect vessels. Are you with me? So no matter how clean, for instance, one of the things we learned back, uh, I mean, when we were in school, was that we would go to water reservoir, we saw how the water was purified, we saw how they made sure that water was really clean, uh, clean physically, so it's clear water, uh, also clean biologically, so there's no bacteria and all that. We saw how they treat the water at the reservoir. So the water at the reservoir, very clean, ready, you can drink it, it's, it's in good order. But then we open our taps, and that water is dirty. What happened to that water? It, it, clean water came through dirty vessels. Are you hear what I'm saying? So you have pipes that are bad, pipes that are rusty. You have pipes that have actually broken somewhere along the line sometimes, and there is sand and everything entering it there. So when they are bringing it, and then you open your tap, you say, ah, ah, water corporation, look at brown water. It's actually your house. Sometimes. Are you hear what I'm saying? So, it's not, it's the word of truth. The word of truth remains the word of truth. However, we may handle it or right or wrongly divide that same word of truth. As a matter of fact, another translation says, handling the word of God with precision. Can I hear you say with precision? Now, the, the point is this. It says, if you rightly divide, I mean, that you may show yourself approved unto God. What that also means is that the approval, or should I call it the manifestation or the confirmation of God's word in our lives uh, can be put as that approval, okay? Can be said to be that approval. And that is actually contingent upon my right division of the word of truth. Are you with me? So which is why people will sit there, they open Psalms for protection, they put it under their pillow, and yet they are not protected. Okay? Why? Because that is not the right application of the scriptures. Okay? The right application is you have to find where God promised you protection. You have to believe it. You have to confess it. You have to meditate upon it so it's there in your heart. You believe it with the whole of your heart. And you have to speak in line with that and not in line with fear. Are you hear what I'm saying? And then it works for you. So, you might not even have a Bible with you, yet you are protected. But somebody else has one in the car, one in the back pocket, one under his pillow, one on top of his doorpost. Are you hear what I'm saying? And yet, he's the one that they go and attack every single year he gets attacked. Are you there? Because the wrong application of God's word. So the approval comes because you do the right thing with God's word. Mark chapter 4 and verse 24. I've, I've quoted that several times. Uh, uh, and it says that the, I mean, take heed what you hear. Uh, with what measure you hear, it shall be measured back to you. The Amplified Translation says the amount of thought and study you give to God's word will determine the amount of knowledge and virtue it will return to you. So the approval of God, the approval of God comes because you gave a lot of thought and study to the word of God. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? What God works with in our life is His Word. Mark chapter 16, verse, I mean verse 20. He says, and they went everywhere preaching the Word. The Lord walking with them. You know, confirming the Word with signs and wonders following. Walking with them, in, I mean, with them is in italics, meaning that the translators added it there. So it says the Lord was walking with the Word. The Lord was walking with the Word. So God walks with the Word, but we have to rightly interpret that Word for God to be able to walk with that word in our lives. Can I have an amen? amen. Secondly, go to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. So it is critical, it's, it's crucial that we all uh, become good students of God's word. Okay, we all become good, 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 good students of God's word. We can't leave it to a few people to study. Uh, we can't leave it to a few people to know what it means and tell us what it means. We must all study God's word. Okay, Second Peter 1, I read from verse 16. He said, For we did not follow cunningly devised fables, when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory, when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we had this voice. So we had. Can I hear say we had? So they were hearing audible voice. We had this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but only men spoke. Only men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. I read all of that again this time to explain further. You know that here Peter was reporting what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. He said we were there. We saw him uh, when he was transfigured. And we had the voice from heaven that said, this is the Son of God. He said, but what that did for us was that we have the prophetic word. That is the written scriptures. When we had all of that, what it was, was that it was the prophetic word or the written scriptures that they had then. Of course, it doesn't include the book of Peter. But it was basically saying, we have the prophetic word confirmed. So the things that the prophets have said that were written down, we had it confirmed when we had, you know, when we had that voice from heaven. So basically it was saying, what mattered to us was that that word, uh, or what happened was just a confirmation of the word. Are you with me? I'll read verse, verse 18 again, no, verse 19. He said, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. So he was saying, you know what? We had this spectacular experience of seeing him transformed uh, and hearing a voice with our ears, just like that. He said, but what it was, or above all, we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to take heed to. Meaning, Instead of thinking that, oh God, I wish Jesus would appear, I wish an angel would appear, I wish all of us. He said, what we need to take heed to the more. 
is that prophetic word, that written word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is that what we need to take heed to the more? Why? He said, because we know this first. But no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. So he was saying, the reason why this is a more sure word of prophecy is that none of it is of any private interpretation. People can interpret it and just say, this is my own interpretation. This is my personal interpretation. This is what it means to me. He said, there's nothing like that. He said, so the same mode for all of us is in the written word of God. Are you there? And what that also tells me is that anybody can come up with any vision. Are you with me? Anybody can have any vision. Anybody can, can have any dream. Anybody can, can say anything. But we must have the prophetic word confirmed. That is what we do well to take heed to, knowing that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. And that men did not just speak as they wanted, but they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. So, as long as we stay in the word, we can't miss it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If we are following prophecies, if we are following a prophet, if we are following visions, and you say, ah, the man always sees vision and all of that, ah, my friend, you don't know when he's going to see something that he's not meant to see. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can always miss it very easy. Somebody say, ah, you know, the last time he even he told me my name, he even told me my phone number. I thought you knew your phone number. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know your phone number. So that should not confuse you. So because he has told you your phone number, anything he says now you must do, you must accept. Are you with me? No, you still stay with the word. After he has told you your phone number, still listen to what he has to say and check in the word. If it does not match up with the God's word, be ready to throw it away. It doesn't matter what title he has. Are you with me? I think I'm, some people have been seeing prophets here. <laughs> so, we're going to cure you. Amen. They're going to cure you. Not, not that it's bad. They are prophets. Amen. Uh, but we're going to make sure that you don't get misled into the bush. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. So there's no personal interpretation of the scriptures. That's something else you need to take away. There's no personal interpretation. So all this, this is what it means to me. Anybody who talks like that is already lost. Are you getting what I'm saying? Have you ever heard that before? And we say, this is my own interpretation. I don't care. This is my own interpretation. Then you write your own Bible. You know, write your own Bible because, I mean, the last time I was telling you about the artwork, you know, so the artist would draw something. It's only, the, it's only that artist that can tell you. When it is abstract heart. And the people are standing there, <laughs> oh yeah, you see? You see the stroke here means, it doesn't mean anything. Ask the man, he's the only one who can tell you what it means. If it doesn't mean anything to him, it doesn't mean, and you know, sometimes people try to interpret so much, and the man himself has no meaning for it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, there's no personal interpretation. When people begin to start and say, that's my own interpretation, you know what it is? That guy is just being hard at it. The backslider is filled with his own ways. He's just trying to stick with one interpretation that he wants to give to it that suits him and allows him to do what he wants to do and he doesn't want to hear what anybody else has to say. You see, the point is this that I always tell people is that there must be a standard by which we operate as the body of Christ. Not as the passing grace assembly, but as the body of Christ. There must be a, a standard. People say there is no right or wrong. There is. There is. You know, they, they, they asked somebody, they said, um, 
a preacher, and they said, is Jesus the only way to God? He said, well, God knows. No, sir, we know. Are you with me, anybody? Somebody said, is, it, uh, is homosexuality okay? We know. We know. We, we are not... I mean, there must be a standard by which we do things. There must be a standard. If there was no standard, and we can't read the Bible and agree on many things, there are many things we can ignore and say they are not consequential. Are you hearing me? But the Bible is clear about many of these issues. That's the truth of the matter. So when people begin to say, no, that's our, your own interpretation. My own interpretation is different. You just don't want to hear the truth. Because the, the, the scripture is of no personal interpretation. Amen. Now, it's not an attempt to get us scared by any sense and to make us begin to think, well, maybe I'll make a mistake. Maybe I'll wrongly interpret the Bible. No. You see, the, the, the point, again, I'll repeat what I said at the beginning, which is that the Bible is so simple that we have needed help to misunderstand it. Okay? One of the things I've, I've learned is that when revelation is so difficult, that is like additional mathematics. I don't bother myself with it. Are, are you still there? So when somebody is teaching Revelation, say this is the new, the new rave. And he teaches the Revelation, I'm cracking my head, I am looking at the scripture, I don't understand what he's saying. My friend, I close it. I close that book, this man, <laughs> I don't understand him, I don't know what he's hearing, I don't know what he's reading, but I'm not going to follow him. Someone said, why? Because 2 Corinthians 11.3 tells me so. It says, I'm concerned, lest you be deceived by the simplicity that's in Christ Jesus. You see, if, if uh, I mean, I, I can't want to give my son instructions, and I make it so complex that I can't understand. Uh, are you getting what I'm saying? I mean, what's that thing that Pastor uh, M.Y. said? That's your text. My, an gigantic conflagration is consuming my domicile. Have we? Uh-huh. So, you can imagine that. So, I, I wake up and something is burning. Then I turn to Falcon and I say, Falcon, a gigantic conflagration. He's already looking at me like, what's wrong with this man? <laughs> you know, he's consuming my domicile. Ah. You will burn, no? <laughs> you will burn. Or you phone, you phone, uh, what? Fire, fire office. Sir, help me, help me, sir. Help me, sir. Say, what, what, what? A gigantic... <laughs> say, eh? Sir, eh? Can you please repeat yourself? Say, gigantic conflagration. Say, conflagration. what? Is it conflagration? Conflagration, conflagration, sir! <laughs> Are you there? So, God says there's simplicity in Christ. Can I hear you say there's simplicity in Christ? So, once it... it, it, it don't worry, we'll, we'll get a lot more details. Have you, have you read some of the prophetic where the people explain and explain and explain? They explain to you what this meant and that meant, uh, and only they understand how they knew what it meant. Then you have to be careful. Are you with me? You know, I've, anyway, that's not even Bible, but I've read when people write old books on how to interpret your dreams. I've read one or two of those books, and they are just amazing. <laughs> you know, they are just amazing. I'm telling you. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I can teach on how to interpret your dreams, but it will be completely different. You know, but when people tell you that, you see, 
if you eat in your dream, this is what it means. Then what you eat also means different things. If it's panda yam, this is what it means. <laughs> eh? If it's burger, no, they haven't seen burger yet. No, no, no. Our witches don't give burger to people in the dream, you know. But you know, when we when we get into all of those realms and say this is it exactly like this, there's no scriptural backing. No proper scriptural interpretation for any of those things. So it can do nothing but, but mislead people. That's why people wake up and say, hey, help me. Oh, what's the problem? I hate in my dream. When people have said that, I say, were well, you fool? Was it sweet? <laughs> I mean, was it tasty? That means so you ate in your dream, so what? If anyone must give me food in my dream, I'd better be very well cooked. Tasty, nice food. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, there, there shouldn't be such worries about such things and those kind of misuse of the scriptures. Are you there? I said, are you there? And I think it's critical because the Bible is everything we'll have to live with. It's everything we'll have to work with. Okay? Our growth is by God's word. Our knowledge of God is by God's word. So if we get that wrong and we start misinterpreting, it will also shape our view of God. Okay? And I, I think I've spoken about the parable before where that man with one talent went and buried the one talent and then he, when the master came, he had given five, two, and one. And the man with five reproduced another five, the man with two reproduced another two, the man with one buried it. And when he came, the master saw the other people, I mean, commended them and the last man came and said, Master, I kept your money for you because I knew you to be a hard man. Okay? So his problem was his viewpoint of the master. I knew you to be a, 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 a hard man. So, so that's what determined his actions. Now while he was saying, I knew you to be a hard man, who wants to reap where you did not sow, that hard man was displaying that he was not a hard man to the man with five, to the man with two, he even collected his own one and gave it to the man with five, so he became even extra generous to the man with five. Are you hear what I'm saying? So he was not a hard man. He says, who wants to, a, a hard man, who wants to, to reap where he did not sow. But where did you get your one talent from, sir? Are you getting what I'm saying? You, he gave you five, he gave one five, he gave one two, he gave you one, then you say he wants to deep where he did not so. Did he not so by giving you? But your viewpoint of God can affect everything. And if you have a wrong interpretation of scriptures, then that shapes your viewpoint of God. We use the scriptures also to guide our lives. Psalm 105, is it 109? I mean 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a lamp to my path. A light to my, I mean, <laughs> a lamp to my feet, meaning it shows me where I am. Are you getting what I'm saying? And a light to my path. It shows me where I should be going. So the word of God gives us direction. So if I get it wrong and I wrongly interpret it, I will get the wrong direction also for my life. Are you there? The word of God reveals to you who you are. James 1. It talks about when you look in God's word, the man who looks in God's word and does not do it is like a man who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. The word of God reveals us to us. That's why the Bible says it's sharper. Hebrews 4.12 It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the, the inner thoughts uh, and even down, deep down to the bones and the marrow and the intents of the heart. So, it means that even the intention of the heart that very often we don't decipher, the word of God will reveal you to you. 
It will tell you this is why you are doing this. It will tell you this is why you are actually offended. You think this is why I'm offended, but it will show you this is why you are actually offended. You will think, oh, this is why I want this thing, but God's word will bring it out for you and say this is why you really want it. So if we don't get that word right, if we don't handle that word right, it's going to affect everything about us. Are you with me? It's going to mislead us, we'll get into the wrong places. It's going to ensure that our viewpoint of God is wrong, so our relationship with God becomes a problem. You know God has problem children? Are you there? He has real problem children. If I recently I was thinking of, of somebody, who was my senior in medical school. And um, so I asked somebody about him, brilliant child, very brilliant. Senior, in fact, my senior from secondary school all the way through med school and all. And I asked about him and I said, oh, where is this guy? What's, what's he up to now? And he said, nothing. He's doing nothing. I said, he's doing nothing. He said, yeah, you know, so, you know, I mean, I'm plain. I, I failed medical school twice. You know, so I failed, I failed twice. It's real hard failure. But final year when they thought I would fail was when I passed. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, someone was shocking. Hallelujah. You know, but, so I've had my share of uh, disappointment. But I'm talking about people who sail through. You know, there are some people when they just do it. I mean, I pass, 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 pass until I got to medical school. That, that school is a terrible place. You know. <laughs> but there are people who just sail through. You don't ever have doubts. They just pass. They clear everything. They clear everything. This guy was like that. It was pretty good. You know, and, I mean, quite consistent. Just went on. And then they now say he's doing nothing. I said, doing nothing. You know, I mean, you should at least, you, maybe you even tell me he's just, he works in one hospital across his road or something. You know, maybe he's not trying to do much, he has not done any postgraduate degree, which again would be surprising for somebody like that, you know. I mean, there, these are people with academic capabilities. You know, and then so truly when I saw him, I asked him, I said, so what's, what's going on, what are you up to? He said, oh, I'm, I'm just at home. He said, yeah, just at home. He said, yeah, God told me to just wait. God told me to wait. And I've been waiting for years. I said, God told you to wait. Hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, we were, we were not in a place where we could really start, I mean, a serious discussion. Because I was just going to take him through. Start off, start off, start off, take him through. And, and start discussing the scriptures. Because you need to tell me and convince me that God told you. Because he's not doing anything. I mean, he's, he, okay, this is different, okay? From, this is not like... I'm in full-time ministry. I'm not practicing medicine. This is, I'm just at home. Literally, just at home. So I wake up, I have nothing to do. I'm just there. I'm just there. And God told me. I'm sorry, I, I don't see that here. Are you getting what I'm saying? I, I, can't, I can't put that, I, I can't accept that from the scriptures that I know, from the God that I know, who said that he that will not walk should not eat. Are you getting what I'm saying? So there must be some work that he has commissioned you to. You didn't even say he has sent you, you are in ministry or anything. You just say you are at home. I said, no, I have never had God do anything like that before. But that's what, that's what can also come out of a wrong interpretation. So there's a wrong perception of God. I'm sure if we went into a lot of discussions, there will be one or two scriptures to kind of back up that stance, but it's been wrongly interpreted. Are you there? So there are different principles. Let, let me take the first one. Very important principle. 
is the principle of context. Can I hear say the principle of context? It means when you look at the scriptures, always think about the context of the scripture that you are reading. Be careful about taking one sentence of a scripture. Uh, be careful sometimes about taking one scripture in a chapter, one verse in a chapter. Be careful about one verse in a book. Be careful about one book <laughs> in a Bible. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? It means that sometimes you need the whole verse to understand that sentence. Sometimes you need several verses to understand that verse. Sometimes you need the whole chapter to understand those verses. Sometimes you need the whole book to understand that chapter. And sometimes you need the whole Bible to understand that book. In fact, interesting, I was listening to Dr. Bakar as I was coming. He he said something that I I like. He he also just mentioned context, you know. Uh, And he said something. He said, when you take text out of context, it remains con. (laughs) You know what con is, C-O-N? That's for one night, why you? He said, when you take text away from context, then all you are left with is what? Con. Are you there? And sometimes that's all you need to do. All you need to do is you've read a verse, it says something, it strikes you, it seems hard. All you need to do is go back and read a few more verses ahead to say, what was this guy talking about when he got to this point and said this? Are you with me? I said, are you there? And in in that regard, okay, uh, you take a scripture like uh, when people say, Take a little wine. Take a little wine. You've heard it before. So, so we say, ah, even the Bible says, take a little wine. And you say, we should not drink, Pastor. Take a little wine. But all you need to do is read the verse. Uh, are you with me? All you need to do is read that verse. Go to First Timothy 5. Maybe you need to read that verse. First Timothy 5. How many people have ever had that verse quoted to them before? By an alcoholic. (laughs) You know, again, that's the interesting thing. That people seem to know what they want to know in the Bible. The man who never goes to church. uh, But then he will quote to you quickly. That the Bible says, take a little wine. Hmm? Okay, so do you have it open in your Bible now? 1 Timothy 5.23 he said, drink no longer water, but use a little wine. <laughs> okay, so you're already, you're already catching something there. Okay, there are several principles. We'll still talk about the principle of what? Literal translation. Hmm? Sometimes when people are interpreting scriptures and they're picking on things and using it to say what they want it to say, uh, I sometimes just do this like we're doing now. I just say, read that scripture. Okay? I say just read that scripture. Let's just read that scripture. Don't let's begin to argue about anything yet. Let's first open it and read it together. And this one already began to make uh, people laugh a bit. Why? Because what did he start to say? He said, drink no longer water. So the person who says, the Bible says I should drink wine, I'll say, but he says, drink no longer water. Okay? So if we want to push the boundaries, let's begin with the fact that we will agree with you, 
But you two will agree with us that you will no longer drink water. Are you there? Okay, so drink no longer water, but use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thy what? Often infirmities. You know what that says to me straight away? Is that his talk of drinking wine has nothing to do with alcohol intoxication. His talk of drinking wine has everything to do with medication. Are you... Okay, let me give you a little context. There's also the principle of cultural context. Okay? So let me give you a, a little context or a little history. Which is that back in the days, whether you know it or not, in, I mean, the 21st century saw us developing a lot of drugs. Okay? Now people go into surgery uh, and they give you an injection, you know, or whatever, and the man falls asleep, they cut him open, they sew him up, he doesn't wake up, he doesn't flinch and all of that. They've given him what we call anesthesia. Back in the day, the surgeon or physician will put you on his dining table. Hmm? He'll put you on his dining table and sometimes all he has to give you is alcohol. He wants to make you a little drowsy and <laughs> he begins to cut what he wants to cut. Or he's beginning to straighten a fracture or something. This was the only drug he knew. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, what we know as alcohol, in fact, let me shock you a little more, what we know today as the illegal drug called cocaine was anesthesia. Back in the day, people used to use it for anesthesia. When they did not know better. It's as science improved that people began to see this one causes problems. The people become this or that, or they, they like it, they start taking it, they become addicted and all that, and that's when those things were being declassified and, um, or is it classified as illegal and you can't have access to it ordinarily, but many of those things were used as medication. So what I'm pointing out to you is this, is that just merely reading that verse tells me that it has nothing to do with the fact with social drinking, it has nothing to do with alcoholism, it has everything to do with the man prescribing the medication that he knew. Are you there? He's just simply prescribing the medication that he knew. So, context. Are you getting my point? So it's not just drink a little wine. The context is that he said for what? For your stomach's sake and your often infirmity. So the man should tell me which infirmity he particularly has a recommendation that alcohol will handle for him now. How many people understand what I'm saying? First Corinthians two nine. First Corinthians two nine. <clears throat> now this is all people will quote, isn't it? But as it is written, I has not seen, nor hear heard, neither have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That's what people will quote, have it? And then they will pray, Ah God, that you will do the things that I has not seen. That he has not had, that has not entered into the heart of men. That's what the Bible says you will do for us. Eh? But all you have to do is read verse 10. Abi? Verse 10 begins with one word, but. Abi? But means it is contrary to what I've just said now. He said, but God has revealed. Can I hear you say, God has revealed? 
So again, before I start interpreting and saying, the Bible says God will do that which I have not seen, that which he has not heard, that will ever... He said, but God has revealed by his spirit. Can I have an amen? And that's the same kind of thing. So basically, when he was quoting, I have not seen and all of that, he's quoting the Old Testament that God is saying, I'm going to do wondrous things uh, uh, under the new covenant with these people or for these people. He said, but God has revealed those things to us now by his spirit. Because now we have his spirit and no man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man. But that's the continuation if you read all the way down. So I'm telling you about context. And no man knows the things of God except the Spirit of God who has been given to us. So the Spirit of God now can show us those things. Are you there? That falls in line with what John 16 says. When he says, when, I mean, I have many things, John 16 verse 12. He says, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. That's verse 13. And he will show you even things that are yet to come. So again, it's telling us that we are not walking in the dark. We need to expect revelation of things and even things to come. That's what the Bible is saying. It's not telling us that, oh, there are many wondrous things. We don't even know them. It has not even entered our heart. No, 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 no. That will shut down revelation. That wrong interpretation, because you took it out of context, will cut you off from revelation. Are you there? I mean, I can speak and I say, I went to Abuja by revelation. Okay? Because it was not entirely based on what the people said or not. It was based on what God revealed. Psalm 2 and verse 8. He said, I will give you the nations for your inheritance. And that came alive to me. That was my confidence. Are you still there? But if you believe that I have not seen, I have not seen then it will limit you from stepping into what God actually wants you to step into, which is that the things are being revealed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, okay. Maybe you should stand on your feet. Time is, time is up. So, context. Context. You want to interpret the Bible right? Think context. And when people begin to just tell you, oh, one verse says this, first try to read the whole context of that verse. I've had people ask me questions several times, and they say, oh, what does this verse mean? You know, if I've, I've never thought about it or whatever, I start by reading the whole verse. Then I start by going above that verse and start reading from the beginning of the chapter and all of that to try to understand the context of what the scripture is saying. Hallelujah. Just talk to God for a moment. Talk to Him for a moment. And thank Him for the things that have been revealed. Thank Him for revelation knowledge. Thank Him that the Holy Spirit is with you, is for you, is there to help you. He will guide you into all truth, the Bible says, all truth. And He will show you even things that are yet to come. So thank Him for greater revelation knowledge. Paul was praying and he said, I pray that you may be filled with the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him. That is absolutely important. You have revelation, to have revelation, to have revelation. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit, because you are here revealing truth, revealing things to us, revealing all truth, and guiding us, showing us even things that are yet to come. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this message. Hopefully, you have picked something practical to apply for victorious living. If you loved this, then please send a message to admin at totalword.org or 090-93-30-3227 to let us know how this has blessed you. Also, head on to www.totalword.org slash podcasts to listen to more. Stay blessed and refreshed till next time. God bless you.